0: Mr. Lewis had a fantastic estate covering probably two city blocks up on the side of the mountain. Very old home, very large, and he was very wealthy. A very old, wealthy family. And he had a workshop. He figured he was going to be doing workshop things, I guess. I don't know, because after many months I did working there in their home, I never saw him build anything. But the workshop was stocked with every kind of tool you can imagine. Imagine, And he had a gardener because there was so much greenery all around the estate. And this gardener was named Enrique. And it was always uh, Mr. Lewis would call him out, Enrique. And then Mr. Gardener said that Enrique would say, yes, yes, Mr. Lewis, I'm coming, coming, coming. And he would come running to wherever he could find Mr. Lewis at and see what he wanted. Enrique was a wonderful person. And my father would work with me, spoke Spanish. So he would talk to Enrique, who was from Mexico, and found out much about him. A Wonderful person. And this made my father remember an old story, which he told to me one day while we were working at that house. He says there was once uh, a wealthy doctor, a physician, who fancied himself to be in uh, the carpentry hobby, so he decided to have his own workshop and get some power tools and build cabinets or whatever he wanted to do and one day he ordered a drill press for his shop but it came in a box and had to be assembled well the good doctor worked for about two hours trying to figure out how to assemble this drill press in his little workshop and he just couldn't figure it out and uh, enrique walked in to bring some tools from outside into the shop the mexican gardener let's say And the doctor says, I can't figure this thing out. I'm going to go to lunch for a while. But when the doctor came back from his lunch about 30 minutes later, there was Enrique, the gardener, had totally assembled the drill press, and it was ready to go. And the doctor stood there dazed. said, Enrique, how did you figure that thing out so fast? I couldn't even begin to figure out how to put this thing together. Enrique just stood there and says, Senor, When you don't have the education you have to think well that's the moral of the story just being educated doesn't mean you're able to think when i took uh, an ibm sales training course which they were offering to small businesses at the time in san diego i went through all six weeks of their sales training and i did quite well so they awarded me with a prize at the end of the course and it was the ibm logo or their slogan you might say which is a plaque that just said the word think. What does it mean to think? Psychologists have said that thinking is a conversation or an argument between your past self and your imagined future self. In other words, you're trying to make a decision for your future, either some action to take or a revision of what you believe to be true based on your previous inputs and, and actions that have been taken. Your previous self with your imagined future self. In S In San Diego State University, when I was going to school there many years ago, the school administration would put out a bulletin to all students warning them that it's not a good idea to cram for finals. If you have a final exam this idea that you can stay up all night studying and reading the books and so forth and help you to pass the test is foolish. They said it's much better to just review the information the night before and then go to sleep and get plenty of sleep before you take the test the next day. Well, I didn't pay too much attention to that, but I did try it. I, I couldn't ever really tell if it made that much difference or if cramming did about as good. At least they didn't know that it worked very good until years later when I was doing an alarm system for General Dynamics Convair. And this alarm system, there was nothing that special about it. It was called the Fuel Flush Facility. they close to the Lindbergh field next to the San Diego airport. And they would bring in the new cruise missiles. In this case, the advanced cruise missiles into this brand new facility. They would then put uh, the jet fuel into the cruise missile to test for leaks, I guess, and pressurize it. Well, the fuel, whatever it was, was highly flammable. So the job had to be in explosion-proof conduits and fittings. And the problem was that because it was a small facility and they were very busy, I couldn't work in there putting in their security system until the third shift or after midnight. So every day, I'd work during the daytime, and then I would go home at about 3 or 4 if I could, try to get a little bit of sleep, and then wake myself up at about 11, go and get my father, who offered to come with me to work on this job. Our regular employees, they had to keep the regular hours so they could do jobs during the daytime that were already scheduled. So my father and I would get up, wake up, and go over there at midnight to this place, and then start running wires and mounting detectors. It was about a two week job at this rate because we had to be done at about six o'clock in the morning we had to leave for the first crews to come in and start working on their missiles again. And that was okay for about the first two or three nights. And after three nights, I became so tired and disoriented that when I would come into that place after midnight, I'd set up our tools, the ladders, and then I would just stand there. I couldn't think. I didn't know what to do. I'd try as best I could. I wasn't falling asleep. I just couldn't get my mind to think about what I needed to do. Where do I need to run these wires? Where does the detector need to go to? Where does it get going to terminate? How many conductors? Just simple little things that normally would have been pretty fast and easy during the daytime, I was tired in my brain, and it would not focus, and I couldn't think about it. And, of course, it didn't help that the security guard who was there to uh, watch over us to make sure we didn't lift the tarp up over some missiles and take a peek, he would almost always sit in his chair and fall asleep and start snoring, which made me even tired. Well, this went on, and I forced myself night after night to slowly do a little here, do a little there, try to figure it out as best I can until eventually the job was done. It was the hardest job I've ever had to do. Two weeks of that, and I was just completely worn out because when I get off at six in the morning, I'd have to go back to work and help the crew with the regular jobs during the daytime at eight. So it was just a, a mind-numbing problem. And it was then that I figured out the truthfulness of that saying at uh, the college before that you're better off not cramming for finals better to just review them that evening before and then get a full night's sleep do not try to stay up all night cramming your brain you'll make it tired and then it will not be able to function and sleep right and you won't be able to think right well after doing this job at this uh, missile fuel flush facility I had a graphic example of how true this was. When you don't give your mind enough rest, it cannot function. When the circadian rhythms are off, it's just not going to work right. So exercise and sleep are essential to perform at your best. So I would say, just think about it. This is Stanley Diaz. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.